Dennis Irwin from the penalty spot gives Manchester United the lead they deserve. And Irwin, yes! Irwin, it's three! And it's Irwin who takes! Dennis Irwin delivers a priceless goal for Manchester United. Welcome back to the United Podcast, and as you've just heard, this episode is with proper United legend Dennis Irwin. Amazing, my first question. You ready for this? Yep. You've known people like Dennis and Wes for, what, a huge chunks of your life. I imagine you are more or less exactly the same person you were in the dressing room. Have Has he changed? Uh, no, not really. Still still Dan, still, uh, still a great lad. Very honest, funny, loves a pint. Exactly the same as what you would see Dennis Irwin 25 years ago. I mean, this isn't the point of this podcast, but I'm going to ask you now because I think it's interesting and other people might do. Mm-hmm. Do you find that many people change? Because presumably the life you live when you're in that moment when you're a player, you're incredibly famous, everybody wants a piece, you're performing in front of 70,000 people each mm-hmm. week and all of a sudden when that side of it goes, I imagine that could affect people a lot. I think when you when you look at footballers now and the things, the emotional side of it all and depression and you hear loads of stories about players going into depression, that's, that's the way you're looking at it. You are a superstar in everybody's eyes and, you know, it stops. Mm-hmm. You know, people move on to the next the next teams and next players and so on and so on. And you're you're left thinking and wondering, you know, what what to do next. Um can be lonely, but if you've got people around you who are uh, loving and helpful and caring, then you know, you'll be okay. Nice. All right. What was it like playing with Dennis in defence? He's just Mr Mr. Consistency, isn't he? He's he would probably give you eight out of ten. Most games, nine out of ten, you know, when he when he does something magical, whether it's to score a free kick or, you know, create a goal, last ditch tackle, just uh, a top top fullback can play left or right back, uh, as you'll soon find out. Just a just a great lad who's very humble, and it's a really really honest podcast from Dennis of his you know growing up times at Leeds, and uh, you know he's never forgot his roots, but just a very very honest podcast of a, a really really top lad. All right, well, let's hear from the man himself. This is our chat with Dennis Irwin, which we recorded earlier in December 2019. We took a short walk over to the Trafford pub, which is just a stone's throw away from Old Trafford. It was on the same day of United's final Europa League group game with AZ Alkmaar. We got there early in the afternoon while the pub was still closed. We pulled up a few stalls and talked football with Mr Consistency. Dennis, how's your day? Uh, Wes, it's Manchester, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, Big game tonight, so looking forward to it. Are you warming up now we're sat down? Uh, not in this establishment, although I've spent plenty of time in a pub. Um, <laughs> this is fairly cold, i got to say that. It is. Baltic. Yeah. So this, as you can tell, it's the Dennis Irwin podcast. I'm here with Dennis Irwin and, of course, David May. We're sat in the Trafford pub just up the road from Old Trafford. It's absolutely tipping it down, so we're all starting to dry off. It's a little bit cold inside because it's an empty pub. Uh, and we'll <laughs> get going. Dennis, I imagine you do a lot of media stuff now. What's that like? How does it compare to when you were a player and you had to talk to the press? I think it was slightly different in our day. There wasn't the demands of of what there is now. Certainly, playing for Manchester United has always been huge. But uh, I think now with the game being so global, I think players are more in demand. And we certainly uh, seemed at the time that we didn't seem to be put under so many, I don't know, requests to to do media interviews. Um, Certainly a lot from Ireland papers in Ireland and one or two media over here but nothing like nothing at all like it, it is now I gotta say that I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> because uh, you know you just want to concentrate on playing football and I was quite happy to do that okay and obviously you grew up in Ireland you just mentioned it what was that like well I grew up in um, 
a county, County Cork, that uh, in the 70s particular was, was hurling mad. Um, we won a treble. Um, I always remember going to plenty of games across there, and it was my first love. And I think anybody growing up in Cork uh, at the time um, would want to be a Cork hurler. I know Maisie's been across to watch hurling well, that, yeah. and, and Gaelic football. Um, but, you know, anybody, as I said, anybody growing up just wanted to be a hurler, simple as that. And it wasn't until I, I suppose, turned about 14 that um, football became a bigger interest to me. And, I, you know, I started playing at a, a better level. What do you think made that shift? Uh, I think it's just just natural because, you know, I was, I was playing for club sides in, in hurling and Gaelic football and club sides in, in football at weekends. And then I got asked to represent, picked to represent Cork in the 14s. Uh, and that went to Ireland. Um, Was you playing school, school, school then? No, you're not allowed to play school. Uh, you no. weren't allowed to play school. No, no. Football? Band. No? No. Not my school. My um, Hurling and Gaelic football. I, I still the case. Maybe back, in, back, back home. And um, yeah, I just used to play football, soccer at weekends. Simple as that. Um, so, as I said, hurling... And Gaelic football, but particularly hurling, was was my love, and it was for the first, I don't know, fourteen years of my life. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah, but also that is mental. Thinking about school, not yeah. playing football. Probably one of the two, two of the best United players ever to come from Cork. Yeah, and football's banned from the school. <laughs> also, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Roy went to, up to Mayfield, and I don't know if it was banned up there, but it was just, just wasn't allowed. And you know, I went to um, secondary school, Cloister Cree Street, which was very Irish sounding and pretty yeah, strict pretty strict with the Christian brothers but uh, yeah football was never mentioned so so even at secondary school you couldn't play football no this is extraordinary all. also Maisie I assume you know um, this Dennis and Roy are Ireland's most successful Irish footballers in history in terms of medal count they're yeah, joint top Sam of course not. yeah I, I, so I, but that's mad to think that you're there but you couldn't play football at school yeah no, it's just a given thing I mean Listen, Did you ever we, play on the weekend then? Yeah, that's when I played. I played for a club side at the weekend. On Sundays or Saturday? Oh, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, because oh, okay. I used to play my own age group and one year up. But um, no, we used to have, if, if there was a, a clash of a hurling game at the weekend, and uh, I mean, there's different seasons to play, yeah, yeah. like because obviously it's very hard to, to play so many at, in the weekend, but the, the, there was overlap sometimes, and if there was a hurling match and a football match, I'd always play the hurling match. Simple as... Extraordinary. Makes you strong, though. <laughs> it does, Kevin yeah. Moran. Kevin Moran well, was yeah, a Kev, yeah. footballer for yeah. years, played for Dublin. You played at Croke Park, didn't you? I did at Mark Nile Quinn at Croke yeah. Park. I played for Cork Primary Schools uh, against Dublin Primary Schools. And for anybody who can understand, there was a 1-4, which is a goal and four points each. Yeah. Um, Quinny scored a point from a free kick, which, you know, was a free hit, which was fine. But, um, yeah, that was my first foray into... Into Crow Park. I actually played twice more there for my um, secondary school, school Christ Cree Street, um, semi final of a North Ireland, and a final of, of a North Ireland, which we won. So I've got a North Ireland under 15 <laughs> colleges medal, Mr. Mayor. So you just, there you go. Well, you just do you count that if you uh, if maybe you can beat Roy Keane. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have in. some he'll have right. some with Cove Ramblers and, and, and Rockmount and Mayfield. But no, it was it was and I'd grown up in the 70s. Um, literally, uh, where I lived is 50 yards from the famous Barrows Club, St. Finn Barrows. You know, and I used to. I was work. in there the other day. Barrows Club. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Drinking. Yeah, yeah, I did a dinner there. Seriously? Yeah, serious. Well, I actually drove to sure? Shore Old House. Yeah, you will have done. Yeah. Up a lane. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
small world. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I f and I spend all my time there. You know, I used to watch the bars, particularly the hurling. Charlie McCarthy, Gerald McCarthy, Con Roach, going into Jimmy Barry Murphy, that era, great era. So were you just phenomenal at all sports growing up? Uh, no, right. but I could turn my hand to anything. But I think, yeah. listen, if you can play one sport, I think there's a fair chance that you can yeah. you, play them all. you can play them all, can't you? Maybe you're a yeah. tremendous golfer, aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah I think most, most players can play more sports. And, and as I said, hurling, Gaelic football, it's all with a ball, it's all... Timing, and eye, eye contact, yeah, and eye coordination, golf, yeah. you know what I mean? Tennis, they're all the same. But yeah, it wasn't until I turned 14, as I say, I played for Cork under 14 in the Kennedy Cup, going into Irish, the schoolboys, playing for Ireland under 15 in the European Championships across in France, uh, finishing runners-up to West Germany at the time. Shows you how far back that is, yeah. Mr. Mayor. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it, it, it kind of blossomed from there. Football. Leeds. Why Leeds. Well, they were the first ones to invite me across on trial. As I said, I was playing for Ireland on the 15s at, at Merthyr Titfil against Wales. We actually got beat 4-1. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they invited me across, went across on um, St. Stephen's Day 1981. I just turned, just turned 16, and I signed a month later, February, which uh, I went into digs with Tommy Wright. Remember yeah, the old Tommy yeah. Wright? Uh, John Sheridan, who's just from down the road here in Stratford, he joined me, and Scott Sellers, who you played with yeah, at Blackburn. Yeah. So four of us um, all got signed on and, and lived in the same digs for what was that like, two what years. was that like leaving Ireland, going to Leeds? That was hard, Maisie. Yeah? Yeah, it was hard, I tell you. I mean, what, what was your landlady like? Was uh, she, she was brilliant. Yeah? Brilliant. There's some better hair. They were, they were brilliant, and uh, he was second-generation Irish. We used to have a hell of a laugh, the, the four of us, as you, as you can imagine. Yeah. But it, it was it was hard to settle, you know, just turning 16. And it, seemed, it seemed like a long way away then. Mm. You know, there was no easy flights. You know, you used to fly to Dublin and then fly to Leeds, um, which is mad now when you think about it, to go home three or four times a year, which is probably the worst thing you can did do. Did your mum and dad ever come over to see you? Uh, my dad came oh, over. Yeah, your dad did. Yeah, yeah. dad did. Dad came over when I signed and all that. Ah, my mum took a, a, a back step. Yeah. I was the only boy of five so she didn't particularly want me to go um, my dad says you're going simple as that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, listen there was there's plenty of people says you don't have to go you, you know I was doing okay at school hurling Gaelic football was going well but it was always you wanted to do though play football yeah I think when you come to 14 and 15 and, and you watch matches a day and I think it's it, it becomes bigger yeah. then it became bigger then because I you know I was playing for Cork represented Ireland at under 15 and it was only a natural step and and it's still the case now, anybody uh, who's any decent at Ireland, in Ireland at 15 or 16, will always come across and yeah. sign a, well, it was apprenticeship back then, yeah. I think it's called a scholarship now, isn't it? It's just a, uh, the natural run of things when, when players who are spotted in Ireland, that's, that's the way they go. And it's always to England. Uh, you might get one or two going up to Scotland and all that, but the vast majority come across to England to, to, try, to try and make it. I mean, the majority of them go home at 18 or 19, but... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I loved, I loved, loved sport, and I was just given an opportunity to come to Leeds and, and grabbed it. And when you got there, you've mentioned four of the guys you lived with. Three of them, yeah. Three of them, yeah. Also in that youth setup was Gary Speed, yep. David Seaman. Yep. When you got there and after a while, did you work out where your talent fitted into the scale of things? Did there, were there players that shocked you at how good they were or equally bad? Well, Dave Seaman was only there for about four or five months because he was, he was older than me. He was, he was from Rotherham originally, but 
Now he signed, he went down and signed for Peterborough for peanuts, but that was the case in those days, yeah. Maisie, wasn't it? It was just like them, them, you moved around a lot yeah. more easy because I suppose the fees weren't as big. Neil Aspen was there, he made, he had a good career for himself. Peter Swan played. Mm. Um, Terry Phelan was with me, um, yeah, another Manchester lad. Oh, that's a good team, by the way. Yeah. Like, so much, I mean, maybe a good team, but every single one you've named there have gone on to make. Yeah. You yeah, know, really I mean, Batty and Gary Speed, God rest his soul, was, was a couple yeah. of years younger than me. So they were kind of not quite there when I was there. Well, certainly when I was apprentice there. They were there when I was... A, was Neil Aspin the centre-half? Yeah. Port Vale. Port Vale, yeah. yeah. Port Vale, he went on. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, there was quite a few from that team went on, which is, is unusual and all that. But, yeah, it was, it was a good place to be, Leeds. It just The first team had just got relegated, so um, there was opportunities there to play. Um, Alan Clark, who, who signed me... Um, went, uh, Eddie Gray came in, and you know I was I was only very young, um, but he started playing young young players and all that. So it's a bit like Manchester United. I think when you come to Manchester United, you feel like you've got a chance yeah. of playing, which is huge, yeah. Maisie. Yeah. Absolutely huge. You know when you, you go to a club and and you know the manager will believes in youth and and it's not an ideal thing, thing to throw too many youngsters in which I think Eddie might have done might have been forced to do that but um, it, it, it's huge there's different aspects of that though where you know Tommy Wright was playing in front of me mm-hmm. and John Sheridan was playing and you always think you know, they've had a, yeah, you know I've got to wait my time and it's not going to happen and all that but I had a, I had a good U team coach there and, and he kept pushing me on and all that and eventually at you know, 17, early 18 because you made your debut then 17, 18 didn't yeah, you? That was it, wasn't you know, it? That was it wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. You, know, you had to wait now a bit longer to 18, 19, 20 yeah. but you know yourself back in those days It's because the squads are so small as well yeah. aren't they? Yeah. 17, yeah. 18, 17, 18. I, remember, I remember being at Blackburn and 18 was the maximum yeah. professionals so he was always as you say if you had two or three runs of injuries he was had a great chance of making it getting in there tiny squad uh, but ultimately were released by Leeds yep how did that feel and nope. what did you do how did you react uh, well I mean I played 90 odd games for Leeds under under Eddie and then I had a chance of going up 84-85 last game of the season but it didn't didn't work out and we didn't start too well the following season so Eddie got the sack uh, October November time um, Billy Bremner came in and he just wanted different players because you could do that as I said it was easy to shift players out move players on and he did that and, you know, I, I, I left. Terry Feen left the same day as me. Scott Sellers left the same day as me, went to Blackburn. And he just wanted his own players and simple as that, probably thought we were Eddie's boys and, and, and moved us on. But it was a lot easier, seriously, to do it in those days because the fees weren't as high and, you know, the clubs were in much more in, in control of players um, than they are now. And it was easily done. How how did you react? Because we spoke to Ashley Young, and when he was at Watford, he was essentially told at sort of sixteen, seventeen, "There's no place for you here. You can stay and train if you want part time, but you're not you're not going to make it." And as it turned out, he stayed and he worked and he got himself in the yeah. team. You went to Oldham. Yeah. What was your mindset? Well, I so when it, when he when he told me there was um, Peter Gumby, who was assistant manager, um, knew that Oldham were interested in me, and they were in the same division, and. Um, and they more or less, them and another couple of clubs came in for me. Now, if it had been a length of time, like a week or two, I, I might have headed home, Maisie. Yeah? Uh, yeah. You, just, you know, well, I was just turned 20. I'd been there for four years and you just never know, do you? But I was lucky, I suppose, that they, all of them came in. I spoke to Joe Royal and Willie Donachie and, and Andy Linnigan, big Andy had just yeah. signed. He was at Leeds with me. He had just signed. 
um, for Oldham. So it was a natural thing just to, to go there because there was two or three lads heading across from Leeds anyway to, to Oldham. Tommy Wright and, and Andy Ritchie um, followed suit. So had it been another week, you'd have gone on? I'm not saying I would have done for definite, but, you know, I mean, if I suppose if nobody had come in for me... Yeah. And what would you have done then? I don't know. Played hurling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but... Uh, it was a shock. It was a bit of a shock at the time because I say anybody who I played for ninety games um, for Leeds. And yeah, well, like ninety games isn't like fifteen, ten, or fifteen. No, games. no, you're yeah. an established. Yeah, it was like a year over a year. Team or yeah, something. For two years under Eddie, I was you know, playing fairly regular. Yeah. Well, I was a regular player, but it just, it just. You presumably feel settled and think, I've got a career here. Yeah. This is yeah. it. I am a football player. I've made it. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the door closes. Yeah, uh, and it was, uh, it's just, you know, I suppose it's the people around you that. I pick you up and I gotta say like I mean Joe Royal was fantastic I had four great years at Oldham I, I suppose it, it falls lucky as well that Willie Donachie was the right back at Oldham 35-36 mm-hmm. he was wanting to retire kind of from football I'll certainly take a step back and go worry about uh, look after the coaching side of things so there was an opportunity for me to, to jump straight in there and, um, and you know it was brilliant I was straight into the first team I gotta say, Willie was brilliant for me as well, yeah. Willie Donachie, because you know I was a fullback. He knew he played fullback, and, and what what we did. So when you when you joined Old, Oldham, was was that on grass or was that start of the plastic? That was the start of the plastic. Can you believe that? I had four years at Oldham, and they had the Elite. plastic. Yeah. They had oh, yeah, yeah. Four years at Oldham, they had the plastic for four years. The four years I was there. <laughs> what was that like? It uh, suited me. You know what I mean? Because suits footballers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it is a style to play. I mean, it's not as good as what the four Gs are now. We used to always play with two big lads up front. Yeah, St- yeah. Andy Ritchie, Stitch, yeah. and, and Frankie, Frankie Bunn. Bunn yeah. And two wingers. And we used to get crosses in as much as possible. And um, we had two two lads in midfield. Millie, Mike Milligan yeah. and Nick, Nick Henry. And they were just ratted around. And, uh, and it suited us the way we played. We were very attacking side. That suited me down to the ground. And uh, no, it was brilliant. I had four great years there. And the first year I, there, how ironic is this, but 86-87 um, was the first year of the playoffs. Yeah. And where did we finish? Third. Third. And where did Leeds finish? Yeah, they, they beat me in the playoffs, S- didn't they? Sixth. Nah. So they beat us on away goals in the playoffs. <sighs> Can you believe that? Hideous. Did that, uh, that must have stung a bit. It did, it did, uh, especially after after what happened there. Um, they got beat in the final, actually. I think it was against Birmingham, actually. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, it was a it was a blow. But, listen, Joe had built a great team yeah. there. And then the next the, the three years after that were fantastic. Obviously, the last year, getting to Wembley, playing a League Cup final against Forrest, albeit losing. Semi-final against Manchester United, got to a replay. Um, lost a replay down at Main Spark- Road. Was that Sparky's volley? No, right. that no. was um, Mark Robbins, the winner. Sparky's volley was 1984 when I was at United. Right. When uh, everybody said if he hadn't scored ah, the goal. Course, yeah, yeah. So Mark Robbins. Yeah. 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 We felt, well, all of them felt that we you know, probably should have won the first game when it was 3-3 at Main Road. But uh, yeah, I mean, on particularly that, that year, I mean, we, we'd beat a lot of top teams in, in board cups. You know, yeah. the Arsenal's, the Villas, Everton, after two replays. To get to well a semi final and a final, but it was a great year for me. But I was let, I let my contract run out. Yeah, that's, that was brave, no? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt. Did it, you let it run out? Or? No, I let it run out. Yeah. Of course, no Bosmans and those, those days. So if you didn't, if the club didn't agree, because the club had control of you anyway. Even when you let your contract yeah. run out, you know yourself. And if the club 
didn't didn't agree a fee with with somebody. Um, you know, it was done on a tribunal case. But um, no, I knew there was a few clubs looking at me. I suppose you have confidence in your own ability. You know, I think I think I just thought it was time to move move on. And you know, I was I was Joe with you then. Hey, I was Joe. Joe with was you. brilliant. Joe knew. Understood. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I think Joe knew that. No disrespect to all of them at a the time. Too good for him. No, not about that. But he he knew that players moved on yeah. from there. It was a case of buying and selling, wheeling and dealing. And, you know, he did it with Mike Milligan, Tommy Wright, Andy Linnigan, Andy Gorham when I was there. They all, you yeah. know, if, if somebody come in with the, the right kind of monies, mm. you know, he, he wouldn't stop them um, from going. Um, and yeah, United came in uh, June just before my contract ran out, agreed a fee with. With How did that come about? Just, just well, I, I knew. Or did you know? Uh, well, I knew because um, see, back in those days, Oldham was so small that we used to go in before a home game and see who was coming, to, <laughs> what scouts were coming to games and all that, and, and you know, papers were yeah. full of links and all that, and and that was the way you kind of found out, wasn't it? But yeah, I knew there was a few looking at me, and I knew Sir Alex was up there a few times actually, um, seeing him in the. The kind of tunnel once, not not the tunnel, but when you run up, remember yeah. you run up the steps yeah, yeah. and he was at the top of the steps talking to Joe. But uh, it, it was time to move on. Um, I had four great years of there, as I said, and and I just needed a challenge, a new challenge, and United, couldn't, right. couldn't come any bigger yeah. or better than that. I really couldn't. Before we talk about Manchester United, I want to ask you a question. I have no idea what the answer to this is. I don't know what it means. What is the Tuesday Club? Tuesday Club at Oldham. Yeah. Well, I think everybody had a Monday or Tuesday club where... Um, have, you, have you heard of this, by the way? I, I just got asked to ask. Right. Um, <laughs> so we used to, probably once a month, um, if we didn't have a midweek fixture, just after training, just say, listen, lads, where do you want to go? Something like, just a few of us would get together, where do you want to go? And we could end up going round the corner to a local boozer and to Oldham. Over Jesus. the top to Halley, Huddersfield or Halifax, <laughs> <laughs> or more likely to not end up in Manchester somewhere. It was just, we just used to just, uh, it was the done thing. You were around me, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the done yeah. thing. It was a, there was a culture in, in the game that every now and again you used to go out, simple as that. But when you went out, you went out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We used to, more like, if we didn't have a midweek game, we'd have Wednesday off. We used to train really hard at Oldham and and choose it was the obvious obvious day to go out and have a few drinks. As two former pros who enjoyed that social side of the game, do you feel sad when you look at how professional football it, football is now and think it's a shame they don't get that? Personally, I think they could still do that, but but they but they, but they'd be surrounded, wouldn't they? Everyone would be taking pictures. It'd be in all the papers. Yeah, well, we his, do. His yeah, X Y Z in the pub on a Tuesday afternoon. I think it's harder, amazing in this it's, day. It is harder. The amount of cameras around now and all that. What's wrong with going? going to a local b- local pub and having a few beers with your mates. No, I'm not saying... I mean, no, I, no, no, yeah. no, yeah. But We're sitting in a pub now. Yeah, true, yeah. It's strange because I don't know what players of, of today drink, but everybody drank beer in that day, didn't they? Yeah. Except for Pally, I think Pally had... Pally was on... What was he on? Malibu, Malibu or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Malibu and Coke. Our big tough centre half was on. <laughs> didn't expect that. Yeah, no. but, um, but yeah, everybody drank lager or beer or Guinness or whatever yeah. and all that. And it was just... A, chance to chill and you could do especially at Oldham yeah because obviously we weren't in the spotlight that much and you could go out and enjoy yourself nice nothing wrong with that right let's go on to Manchester United in your first season mm-hmm. you play Barcelona and win the cup winners cup yep 
What was that like? Did you immediately feel at home at the club and as though you'd taken a big step forward? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible when you come here. Um, I mean, everybody knows about when I was growing up. Listen, everybody in Ireland was a Celtic fan, is a Celtic fan, but they always have an English team. And um, Yours was Wolves. Mine was Wolves, yeah. yeah. I just didn't like the status quo, went for somebody else, maybe, you know what I mean? And <laughs> um, Liverpool were just beginning to dominate, actually. And my first FA Cup final, I remember, was Liverpool and Newcastle in, in 74. First World Cup, I can remember as well, West Germany beating in Holland. Mr. Gerd Muller. Yeah, everybody, like, there was half supporting Liverpool and half supporting Manchester United. And there was a few Arsenal fans, a couple of Spurs fans and all that. I supported Wolves with a friend. The Wolves were decent in the 70s, by the way, mid-70s. Derek Dugan and, and the like. But, yeah, first year was great. Really was. Obviously, United just won the FA Cup, beating Palace uh, after replay as well. Got us into Cup Winners' Cup. And we just went on a run. And it's incredible now when you look back on it. Wrexham. Yeah. How good is that? <laughs> Wrexham on the way. The semi-final draw, I think I think I might be wrong with this, but um, obviously we played Barcelona in the final. I think they beat Juventus in the other semi-final and we got Legia Warsaw. Yeah. So I think we got the the pick yeah, of easier. the, the yeah. easier. Yeah. It wasn't easy, but it was the easier leg in the trip. It was incredible because Barcelona had a great team at the time. I mean, they won the European Cup the following year. Uh, I think they beat Sampdoria at Wembley, but I mean, they had... I mean, Stoich, we were lucky Stoichkov was suspended, but... You know, they, they had some great players at the time. Ferrer, um, Laudrop, yeah. um, Koeman, Koeman, Ronald Koeman. Bicaro. Bicaro, little Bicaro, yeah. 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 Um, big centre-half, I can't remember, Nadal, was it? Nadal, Nadal. Yeah. They had a great great team at the time. So for us, to, and we were underdogs going into it, but for us and for me to come away with my first medal, European Cup Winners' Cup in Rotterdam on a rainy horrible night against Barcelona was, was incredible I gotta say I can't remember much of the celebrations after that was my next question yeah. what was the celebrations like yeah it was just crazy mad you uh, stay over yeah we yeah, did over, yeah. We, we did and uh, it was just uh, well I can't remember too much of it we came back the following day at a bus, bus tour went on a few drinks uh, for a, a day or two but yeah it was incredible and to think that I was at Oldham the year before and don't get me wrong I had a great time under with Joe and, and Willie and they did an awful lot for my career but you're talking about a different level wow. now Manchester yeah. United and all that but uh, it, was, it was fantastic the first year it's a great club to play for absolutely huge um, did you realise how big it was? Uh, you, no and yes you know what I mean I think I think growing up everybody looked at United and Liverpool and then probably because I played for Leeds which are big Leeds are a yeah, big yeah. club in Oldham which is much smaller I don't think you realise till you actually get there get there yeah you know and i was the same get there and you, i couldn't believe how big it was yeah and, and then like, like wow yeah and it was just like it, it's huge it's, it is, it is yeah. huge I, I think i knew it was big but i don't think anybody realizes how how big it is and the support we got was was phenomenal and of course it'd been such a long time since we'd won the league that the fans were like so passionate and mm. desperate to win the league and although like the following year you know, we lost out to Leeds and, and won a League Cup. It still wasn't a great year for us, you know what I mean? Because I think we were known as a bit of a cup team with the FA Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, the League Cup and all that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was growing. The momentum was growing. And, uh, you know, I came and then the manager had signed quite a few before me, Pally and Brucey and Chalky and, and quite a few more, Paul Innes, Danny Wallace. And then after me was Big Pete and, and Parks. Yeah. 
You know, it, it was, it was, we were getting better all the time, but we still needed to win that league to, to prove that we were a really good side. So obviously Leeds won the league. Yeah, not good. Then the Premier League begins. Yep. Eric Cantona comes from Leeds. Yep. At this point, do you hate Leeds as much as the rest of us? No, because <laughs> I play for Leeds and yeah. I'm married to a girl from Leeds. <laughs> so it, it was harder for me to, to hate Leeds as much as, as what Manchester United fans do. And I, the rivalry is massive. Yeah. It's weird because like there's loads of players have played for both clubs. Yeah. Even in my day, you know, before my day, George Orton and, and Gordon McQueen and... Arthur Graham and mm -hmm. Peter Barnes and even since then, you know, Rio yeah. and Alan Smith. So is Alan Smith yeah. the last one I can think Sharpie. of? Sharpie. Sharpie. Well. Yeah. yeah, he went the other way, Sharpie. But, the, you know, there's always been players have moved Maisie between Maisie back in the Premier League. Would you yeah, like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like all the big teams back in the Premier they League. They should come back now. They've got a chance now. Got but a great um, chance. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds pipped us the year before. I, you know what? Eric coming here was, was a bit of a shock because they'd obviously just won the league and he was a big player for them. Imagine that in this day and age, now selling one of your, your, your yeah. biggest players to your, your rivals, biggest rivals. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, especially off the back of winning the league. Yeah. Because obviously Van Persie, Van Persie came to United, but Arsenal had struggled. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but Van Persie moved to United as well because he only had a year of his contract left. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. We're, we're in those days, obviously the club were... to sell that and get rid of him, didn't they? Yeah, there was a lot of rumours going around at the time, but I mean, we had a really good side. Uh, we had a lot of experience and all that as well with a lot of youth. Um, Giggsy just broke through sharp. He was obviously still very young. Andre had just come across. Mm -hmm. And um, it was before, obviously, the class of 92, but obviously Giggsy was in there. So Eric came in November uh, 93. He slotted in. Uh, uh, and it's very hard for, it, for people to say, yeah, the king was the final piece of the jigsaw, yeah. but he was a huge part of man, uh, of us winning that league, that first league. And it was brilliant. And it was brilliant for a number of reasons because the pressure we were under, we actually won it by 10 points mm -hmm. in the end, which is incredible when you think about it because you were so nervous right up to like the week and a half before a finish and you end up running up by 10 points, yeah. you know what I mean? But it was like that because of the year before. We didn't care who won it because my old team, Oldham, went down to Villa and beat Villa down at Villa Park. Uh, which meant we, we won it. But um, great for like, well, Robo had been here a long, long time. You know, Brucey had been here a few years. Great, great for them as well. But it was just the, the, the atmosphere that night when we played Blackburn because we'd yeah. won the league and came here. It was, it, it was a fantastic atmosphere. And I think a lot of, a lot of you know, Pally speak about it. Pally says it's the best, best atmosphere. I remember it. Down yeah. at, uh, yeah. I was in a car crash the day before, so I missed the game. What were you doing? Somebody went up the, the to me. That's nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah. Oh, God knows. Were you okay? Well, I missed the game. Yeah. So it was um I was blow that. It was. Because we was Blackburn at the time was I think we were third or fourth. Yeah, you just began to and build we, momentum, we just, didn't you? We just missed out on Europe. We had to beat United last game of the season. Right. To get into Europe. We went one up. Kevin Gallagher scored. And then that was it then. You sort of like turned the screw up. a little bit, sobered up, yeah. <laughs> sobered up. <laughs> Took us half an hour, I think, to get yeah. going and all that. Yeah. Um, but we didn't want to spoil the party because, you know, it was obviously it was, it was such, an unbelievable such a big night. It was. That. It really yeah, was. it was good. In those in those moments in your in your first games for United and like seeing Cantona come in, what was Sir Alex like? Tough. I always thought it was fair. I think as long as you worked extremely hard and did your very best, I don't think he'd argue with that. No. Would he, Maisie? No. Uh, if you went outside those perimeters and didn't concentrate on playing football and 
didn't learn from your mistakes, I suppose, on, on the field. You know, he, he'd be tough on you, but uh, I always found him great. Yeah, simple as. I think that's in a nutshell, really. Um, obviously, he's got a lot more assets to his to his bow kind of thing with, with the, what managers have to deal with and signing players and all that and dealing with media and, you know, keeping a great environment and a good learning environment at the training ground, a positive one. It was a very competitive one. As you've probably found out when you came in, yeah. as you want, it was like yeah. full on training and everything. But I always thought he was fair, and you wouldn't ask any more from from a manager. Really, he, all he wanted from you was to work hard, give it everything. Uh, uh, as simple as that. As a left back, you're sort of an enigma because you're right footed. You took free kicks and penalties. How quickly did you get to take the penalties at United? Because presumably there was a forward who took them. And was so Alex, was it his idea? Was it your idea? Because the idea of a left back, I think, going forward, I'll take the penalties, seems unlikely now. Well, I mean, I was a right back for the first year at United yeah. and then moved across to left back because Park, St. Paul Parker. Yeah. And no, I, I didn't I didn't take any anything really. I took the odd free kick, but certainly... Had um, you always been a right back? Yeah, right up to... Right up to that next season where yeah. you yeah. Well, I was a bit, and plays your left Well, back. I was a bit like, um, I suppose, Gary Nevin. In a, I was centre-half when I grew up in Ireland. Yeah. I went to Leeds as a centre-half at 16, 17. Obviously, didn't get any taller and ended up moving to right-back. So I played, played right-back right up to 1991, where the manager just flipped me across. Which is bizarre, because you're only remembered as a left-back. Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, well, I still played for right back for Ireland at the time, uh, which is weird. <laughs> but it's the same job, isn't yeah. it? Basically, the same job. I and mean, my left foot was fine anyway. And I had Giggsy or Sharpie in front of me who were purely left footed yeah. anyway, so it wasn't a problem. Uh, and as I said, my left foot was fine. So people think I took penalties for years. So this is this isn't the case at all because um, you're on about left back taking penalty. Well, Brucey was the penalty taker mm. and a very successful penalty taker for a long time. He finished with 19 goals, Brucey, actually, in the first year I came. 1999. That's right. 19, what? That's 19 yeah. goals. That's insane. Yeah, 19 Sarah. goals. Sarah. Sergio Ramos numbers. Yeah. yeah. And then Eric came, and Eric took penalties. And Eric left in the summer of 97, and we signed Teddy. And Teddy became the penalty taker. And Teddy missed the first three. His first three. Uh, so, yeah, terrible. Keep reminding him of that. <laughs> but also, keep saying thanks. And one of them then was down at Spurs as well. And the manager said to me, you're on penalties. I didn't mind. It's like, you know, as yourself, as a mm -hmm. defender scoring goals, scoring Maisie, goals how good yeah. is that? It's like yeah. a huge bonus. Had you had you practiced them or anything? Was there... Uh, well, I was, was taking... Free, yeah, I think it's all about confidence. And, right. you know, I was on free kicks and Bex had come in and was on free kicks and Giggsy was on free kicks and Eric could take free kicks and, and one or two thought they yeah. could take free kicks. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to get in on the act. Mm -hmm. um, Who was no, that? Who was that? Yeah, who was who trying was to sneak, who was trying to sneak <laughs> in? Certainly weren't me. <laughs> that was, yeah, wasn't amazing. That was always one or two. I mean, I think Roy tried to get him on him once and he got <laughs> pushed out, Keeney. But yeah, I mean, penalties didn't bother me. Um, it was just, I suppose, uh, I don't know, the manager just picked me, I think. Confidence, I think, is the first thing and all yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so I only took him for three, four years because obviously I'd moved on by 2002 and I didn't play much in my last year but I took free kicks for a, a number of years till till uh, till Bex came in Giggsy was taking quite a few but yeah I didn't mind the role didn't mind the role but we were growing going back to like Keeney signed straight after he won the league uh, and the young lads came through and then 
weird hang-ons like me across Keenan, the way. Did you know Keeney from yeah, Cork? I, yeah, well, I didn't know him in Cork because he was six no. and a half. Year. Obviously, he'd gone across to join Forrest. He played. He didn't move across till about 18 or 19, Roy. I played for Cove Ramblers uh, in the League of Ireland and then um, Forrest spotted him. Great spot. And then, obviously, Robbo wasn't getting any younger and, and we had two, probably three of the best midfielders playing for Ireland at the time. Um, Roy obviously was breaking through a young lad Andy Townsend mm -hmm. uh, and John Sheridan local lad here who was playing really well at Sheffield Wednesday and the manager just used to ask me about him and all that and in the summer of 93 um, we'd just won the league and I think Blackburn were just about That's to sign yeah. Roy and, and the manager obviously Sir Alex got wind of that and, 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 and jumped in and uh what a great signing he was for us. i got to say that because he would have been a fantastic player for Blackburn Rovers. You signed 94, 94, 95. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the young lads were coming through. Dennis, uh, what were your first impressions? Amazing. Quietest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Not quite, but it was fairly quiet, wasn't it? First, first six well, months. It is daunting. Yeah. It is daunting. I was overawed, honest. It's not easy. Well, first I tell six you what. months walking in that dressing room, the lads had just won the double. It's like, wow. It's wow. not easy. It's not, you got to have a certain mentality and, and confidence in yourself, I yeah. suppose, to, to prevail because it's not easy. It's not easy coming into a dressing room sometimes and all that. But uh, yeah, it was it was quiet for a while. Good fun though. For a while. Good addition. <laughs> Great addition. And we just, we just obviously confidence of winning in 93, doubled the following year and just kept going after that. It was heaven. It really was. And it got to 1999. Yep. Was there a point where you thought, oh, we might, we might win everything here. No one can beat us. I don't think I did at the time. Um, looking back at it, now everybody says, oh, like, you're just on a roll and all that. And when you do, I suppose, you know, we, you know, we went to the, the, the last five or six months where we didn't lose a game. Uh, and we had a great squad, Maisie, didn't yeah. we? Uh, not just a team, because when, this is 20 years ago now, you, you, you know, the manager kept adding, adding to the squad. I mean, 1998, obviously, Yorkie, Yap and Jasper. But a few years before that, he'd brought in Ollie and, and Ronnie and, and Jordi yeah. Cruyff and Karl Poborski and Raymond van der Gaal. Just, I suppose, fatten the team up a little bit, make it a little bit more in debt because we were obviously fighting on more fronts and all that. And there were, some of them were great additions. They really were, and probably very underrated, the likes of Karl Poborski. Yeah. Well, he'd moved before. Um, 99, but Jesper, Jesper Blunkus was a very underrated player. Running, running was brilliant and all that. But yeah, I didn't feel like at the time because I didn't. I don't think we were allowed to think about it because it was game after game after game, and you just get on a bit of a roll. And we knew we could score goals. We we had some great players that could score goals. Well, the front four, yeah, we'd all get goals for you, wouldn't you? And and listen, the midfield of, well, certainly Bex would get ten plus. Giggs he would get ten yeah. plus, and Scholes he would get ten plus. Roy is a kind of holding player. I don't think it gets any better than that when you've got probably seven different avenues of, mm. of scoring. A couple of centre-halves to throw in a couple of goals as well. So it was, no, it was, we had a great scrub. I never thought at the time. I think it just kind of rolled and rolled and rolled. And listen, I don't think you could, you could think that because we didn't win the league till the last, last day, yeah. Well, yeah. the last 45 minutes, yeah. when you think yeah. about it. Second half, yeah. Uh, we had to come from behind. I think the, the, the cup final was probably easier than... Than yeah, everybody predicted, final, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Newcastle, we you were suspended, right? I was suspended, yeah. I got yeah. sent off 
Well, you're only sending Liverpool. off for Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. yeah. Mr. Railway. Kicking the ball away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't really kick it away, did, did I? You did. <laughs> Thanks. Were you, were you gutted to miss it? Yeah, absolutely. Because you want to, listen, you've you got a career and you want to play as many many finals as possible. Yeah. And you don't feel part of it, funnily enough. You're sat, sat, on, well, sat on the bench in a suit. You just don't feel part of it. Really don't. I don't know why that is. Yeah, it's just strange. You no. want to be either playing or I think even being a sub, you feel part of it. Yeah. But just, you know what I mean? But Maisie and I were having a chat a couple of weeks ago and we were trying to work out how many people will have got all three medals. What do you reckon? Uh, ooh, double figures. Ten? Less? Less than that. Th- if, uh, we, if they did it properly. We think ten because I was, was Raymond van der Howe was the one we weren't sure on because he wouldn't have played in the league, so we don't know if he would have been given yeah, one. because you had to play like 10 league yeah, games. Yeah, but as a, like that, as a goalkeeper, is... we don't know if what the, what the rules yeah. would have been. But if not nine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But that's mm. mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Squad yeah. of 20. Oh, and you yeah. Know, but yeah. Uh, everybody was part of that. Well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate proof, isn't it? Yeah. That every, sort of everybody has two, and that as a team, yeah. they won, you won everything. everything. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the manager managed it fairly well as well. I mean, for me, we were missing our, our two best players in the final. Keeney yes, Schools. Yeah. They were two, but they were like the, the flow of the team. And I know, like, it was, it was kind of strange because, I mean, you played in, in the FA Cup yeah. final and, yeah. and you thought you might play, might yeah. stick Ronnie into midfield. midfield and, yeah. and Teddy had managed a match in the FA Cup final when he came on for Roy um, early in the game and he thought he had a chance as well. Yeah. And I don't think anybody knew which way the no. manager was going to pick a team because... Do you think he got it right? Well, well, it's worked out. It's worked out, all right. Well, he, lo- he lost after ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it was. I mean, it was always going to be a risk, no matter what he what he yeah. did. And um, I think it surprised everybody the amount of changes he kind of made in terms of moving players around, Bex from out to mm. in, Giggsy from left to right. Yeah. You know, sticking sticking Butsy in there and bringing Jesper on. Yeah, but that's that's what a squad's for, and it worked out all right in the end. Yeah. We didn't play well on the on the night. I think everybody accepts that. But we dug in as we we'd done previously in that season and, and got over the line. But it was, listen, it was a great ten or eleven days. Maisie, you want it? Brilliant. How good was that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What are your memories of those final five minutes in the new camp? Well, just I mean, it was just obviously we we got the goal that we were pushing for. We were taking a chance. You know, I think there was. Three of the four forwards are on the football field, and it's incredible that the, the two substitutions. We all knew how good how good they were anyway, yeah. didn't we? You just needed the one just, chance. Just needed the one chance, and you know, Giggsy scuffed one on his right, and Teddy scuffed <laughs> one on his right, and it goes in the bottom <laughs> yeah. corner, doesn't yeah. it? But that's luck sometimes. And then I don't know. Three minutes, we just kept going. I hoofed the ball down. We got a corner, and and then Bex was always fantastic in yeah. deliveries, and Teddy was so good in the air. Ollie was a Porter wasn't he so it was, it was just heaven it was heaven because we felt in 97 we had a chance um, when we lost to Dortmund yeah. we won nil in both games actually yeah that was a big disappointment Ni- 98 I think we had a lot of injuries went out and away goals that was a disappointment but we felt 97 was a big one for us and to get there in 99 was a huge relief it really was because I think we'd won four or five Premier Leagues before that I think to be known as a, a superstar team I think you had to win the Champions League, but getting them all in the one year, I think, added to that yeah. uh, romance as well. I really do. What were the celebrations like? What did you do? Well, I was quite sensible at that age. Um, 
Mr. Mayor wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm saying sensible. Still had a few. Being, being Irish, of course, you still have to have a few drinks. Um, everybody's family were over there. We had a great, great Brilliant. party, didn't yeah. we? It was a fantastic so party. Good. I did retire to bed for a couple of hours. I think a few of the boys kept going. Yeah, well, I retired for a couple of hours. It was brilliant, really was. And as I said, you know, it'd been five months uh, unbeaten, played against top, top teams. Uh, I mean, the, even the FA Cup alone, our two biggest rivals in the league, Chelsea and Arsenal, we had to go away. Well, Chelsea, we had to go to replay and win down there, and Arsenal a replay. Uh, at Villa Park and we had to do it the hard way with beating a couple of Italian sides in the in the Champions League you know with Inter Milan and, and Juventus we didn't do it the easy route um, Liverpool as well in the FA Cup it, yeah. it, it, yeah. you know what I mean you can't say we, tough games yeah, yeah easy. I mean 91 you're looking at the Wrexham. pat to the, fi the final <laughs> like, you know what I mean Wrexham and Legia Warsaw and Montpellier were a good team at the time and Pesky Mundkas from Hungary or something yeah. like that but um, certainly, and we did it the hard way in '99, and nobody could ever say it was an easy route. But uh, it, it was fantastic. It was great to be involved with the lads. Like, and you tell you what, it's great to meet up with them again, isn't it? Yeah, a lot yeah, of us are still there. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It really is. It really is. It was, I mean, we, we I mean, see a lot of Maisie and and uh, a few of the lads are yeah. you know, Yorkie and Coley are always knocking about. But to catch up with like the likes of Yap and that was brilliant. Yeah, so good. So good. I, I mean, I, I probably haven't seen Bex for yeah, years 15, and years, fifteen years, something like that, since he went to Madrid. Struggling money. Never seen. I know. Yeah, he was. He looked play. tagged. Yeah, I think he could yeah. still play, and yeah. I think Yap could still play, and there's one or two easily. more could yeah. easily play. But brilliant. Yap was just smashing people, which I really well, enjoyed. What's new? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he looked great. Top player. Yeah. When you were all in that dressing room, did it? Did it all? Did it all just sort of melt away and it felt like you were back there? Yeah, it was brilliant. The manager gave a little speech, didn't he? Which the manager's speech was fantastic. But, uh, so good. It, only because it's 20 years on and it was like, you know, I see, I'm so proud of what you've done, to, you know, your achievements after, after you finished football. Well, it's in to media. You had to go Nev by everything he's bought in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was so, it was so, I mean, it, you could have dropped a pin and heard it. It was so quiet and, you know, it was like a, a real, real lovely, lovely speech from, you know, the manager that's um, won everything and, and looked after you for all those years you was at United. It was so, it was fantastic. It really, really was a fantastic moment. Was that before the game? That was before the game, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I suppose if you're, if you're on the edge or didn't kind of didn't get on with the manager, you might, you might not have said that but he looked after you anyway didn't he yeah. you know when you played and all yeah. that he was very much a family man he always tried, tried to look after the interest the younger lads didn't he he always tried to mm. look after the younger lads make sure they took the right path and all that and yeah it was good 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 to meet up what do you remember of your final few years at United because even in your 30s you were keeping the likes of Phil Neville out of the team yeah no when you play for United there's obviously a battle to stay uh, in the position to play because particularly United there's always young lads coming through and mm. trying to grab your place um, you know I, I'd Phil Nev for years I wouldn't say as an understudy because that's a, the wrong word but yeah. certainly he was pushing me all the way and the, I mean the, the press and they always get linked to the full backs anyway um, it's it's in every position. It was particularly back then. I mean, who was a Wes was probably coming Wes, through, wasn't he? Shazy, yeah. Wes and yeah. Shazy, you know what I mean? Uh, it's par for the course, so you got to keep going. Um, 
And then, yeah, we, we signed Mikel not long after the Champions League. And I had a battle with Mikel and, and Phil for a while. And, you know, I played quite a few games the year after. And then the th probably my 11th year here, uh, the manager started leaving me out for smaller games. Uh, playing bigger games, which I didn't mind because yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. natural, you know. It's also probably better than the other way around. Well, it was the other way around the following year. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's coming to that. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a chance. Um. But yeah, so I, I started playing less and less. And I mean, I was 35, 36 when I left the club. But certainly when I was 35, my second last year, you know, I didn't play as, as much as I liked to, but you get, you, you, I was getting bigger games and all that. And then the following year, I didn't play too many games. Um, missed the majority of big big games and I didn't like that it was horrible really you know after playing it really is you know after playing for like the yeah. majority of 12 years being in and around playing regular and all that and particularly away from home traveling down and not getting anything and there was a there was a period actually it was so funny that um I think Ray Vandegaard got on more than me because Fabian kept getting injured <laughs> and I thought I've had enough of this I don't want to travel I asked the manager I didn't want to travel anymore because it was just I just, you know I think I, I was because I could fill in at left back and right back if the manager needed me yeah. and all that. But as you said, Wes was coming through. Phil, Phil was there, thereabouts. Yeah. Well, was certainly there. Mikel. So I, I didn't get a, as many chances as I did in, in my last year. So, um, so I knew the I knew I was going anywhere. You was know it, what I mean? Was it your decision to make that move, or did the, did someone else for the club tell you? I told me, but I knew anywhere. Right. I mean, you don't need Einstein to work out that. You know, I was thirty six years of age. You know, the club had moved on. Um, you know, I was I was keeping myself fit by playing reserve games. Uh, I was actually at the reserve game that Dave Jones from Wolves spotted me up, uh, played Liverpool and Southport. I, it, it, I mean, it's it's not a nice day. You know yourself when you walk no. out of the club. It's not a nice day because I had twelve fantastic years there um, with some unbelievably great players uh, under a great manager. Uh, and I, I, you know, the, I love the club. It's it's a brilliant club. It really is. But you just know as a footballer that time moves on and I just felt I had one more year on me because I didn't play much that year and I, I, I suppose I was fortunate with injuries mm -hmm. because you know, I didn't have too many problems and I just felt at 36 I, I'd have one more year and Wolves came calling. Perfect. Perfect, yeah. Well, your dream finally came true. Well, I know, well yeah, <laughs> well, my, my dream came true winning so much for United and playing with them for so long. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted one more year. And Wolves have spent a lot of money trying to get up the year before and, and just failed. And I think Dave Jones just wanted a bit of experience down there. So he, he signed myself and, and Incy signed mm -hmm. as well, Paul Ince. And he, he didn't spend any money that year. Signed two of us on a free and a lad, Inga Marson from Reading, I think on a free as well, Ivor. And yeah, it was different. It was very different. But you got promoted. We got promoted. I played 53 games that year, <laughs> which is incredible. That's a change 53. of pace. Well... I mean, Dave just said that we were going to play me in as many league games as possible and try avoid yeah. the cup games because that was the ultimate goal to try to get up. But um, I think because he was and we were under so much pressure at the time and we didn't get off to a fantastic start, I ended up playing a lot of cup games. <laughs> <laughs> but it was incredible. And the beauty about the championship is we, we were in like, I'm sure we were like 14th or 12th to 14th yeah. place just before Christmas. And went on an unbelievable run. Went up through the playoffs, beat Sheffield United with Neil Warnock down, at, down in Cardiff, 3-0 um, in the final. Brilliant. How good well, was that year time. after going <laughs> United? Yeah. But it was totally different. The yeah. mentality was totally different. It was, 
It was a it was an eye opener, mm-hmm. really eye opener. Uh, just uh, the professionalism. We, uh, yeah, 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 very much so. And just the, the hunger, the hunger yeah. in players and the driving players. And did you find that hard? Yeah, did. Found it really hard. We used to like drive in with a couple of lads, and we used to moan like hell. And it, it, it was hard. That I don't know if you, I expected it to be exactly the same. I don't know, um, but it was different. It was different. And I, I found that when I had a year at Burnley after, and the mentality is like just happens. Get the, get the game over. Yeah, and, it happens. And that's it happens. It. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Don't make it happen. Yeah, it was Whereas strange for me. But, you know but, but we had a great year in the end. You know what I mean? Which helped an awful lot. And yeah, and, and I was thinking about calling it a day and Dave Jones wanted me to stay for another year just for experience and I contemplated it and we we looked like we were going to sign a few players and I went yeah I'll sign for another year and we ended up signing not many really no uh, which which what was, was it like coming back here that was brilliant yeah brilliant you know what I mean and, and listen Ronaldo just signed right you know what I mean and manager yeah. sticks him straight on me <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever pulled him about that yeah <laughs> What did yeah. he say? Yeah, he was just saying, he was just laughed. But um, <laughs> but he was just, you know, I think he like he uh, literally. We it was probably the second or third game of, of of the campaign, and we played really well here. Yeah. Um, I think Shazy scored. I think I think United won one nil, um, but we played really well and missed loads of chances. And as I say, Ronaldo just signed. It was kind of learning the game then, wasn't he? But yeah, it was great, great reception coming back here. Strange, strange going into the away team dressing room. Yeah. And, Obviously, everybody who was here when I left was more or less still here. You yeah. know, the whole backroom staff and the players and all that. It was strange and all that. But, yeah, professional, don't you? Move yeah, on. absolutely. Uh, and ironically enough, down at Molyneux in January, Bulls actually won 1-0. Kenny Miller scored, which was another strange thing. Didn't know whether to celebrate or not. But, uh, yeah, it was great coming back. really was. But, uh, How did it compare to your testimonial? Because in your testimonial, you were forced crunched. out yeah, by George Weir. Crunched and missed first five games of the league. <laughs> How good was that? <laughs> <laughs> Lasted 20 minutes, probably should have hobbled off. Lasted about 25 minutes. Probably should have hobbled off after, I don't know, seven or eight minutes when George Weir done me. Did he do it on purpose? Did he apologise? Uh, no, not at all. City v United, wasn't it? There was always going to be a bit in it, but... Um, yeah, I missed the first five games of the league because I did my ankle ligaments. That's Testimonial. Crazy. But you got a good reception when you came back? Yeah, great reception. Absolutely great reception. And uh, I enjoyed my time at Wolves. Certainly was a huge eye-opener, i got to say that. But, uh, and you learn, and all, you actually learn, sometimes you learn in your two years there as much as you learn for different reasons in my 12 years here. You know what I mean? Which is why I think it'd be, like Giggsy's done great at Wales. Giggsy, Giggsy and Nev they've never known anything different different. they've always known that drive that desperate everybody desperate to get in the the team and try to win things and whatever but yeah yeah it was was a it was certainly an interesting two years gotta say that good though really loved it loved it Wolves I said was was um, a team I I I followed when I I grew up so to get to play there particularly the first year of of getting promoted was brilliant and then you decided that was it? I did. What was that like? Was that difficult? Was that easy? Was it emotional? It was, no, it was, it was, again, I knew it was coming, but it is literally, I think, I think you, you look forward to it and think, oh, no pre-season, no running. I didn't mind running. You used to hate I running, didn't you? Yeah. 
But I say I didn't mind running. I mean, I disliked it, but <laughs> it was okay. You know what I mean? I got by. But um, you used to look forward to think, oh, I'll have a nice long break. And I think we went off on much longer holidays than what, what you normally get. Because I retired with Ireland at that stage as well, so I had a much longer summer. And then you come back. And I was doing media work in Ireland quite a bit. And they wanted me to do a lot on a Saturday, Saturday night, the equivalent to their match of the day. Mm. I just went, nah, I just want to, you know, kind of, Oh, I just want kind of a year up, not a year out of football, but I want to do things at weekends. You know, I want to kind of do bits during the week yeah. and then have weekends off because I, I never had that. Mm-hmm. And of course, it only took me like probably about two months, a month to realize yeah. that everything happens at do weekends, it. Yeah. doesn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I just started doing bits and pieces and then eventually started working with the club here. And I've been working for the club for the last you know, 15, 16, 17 years. Again, traveling the world privilege so brilliant but yeah never thought I, I did my b license um not sure i wasn't fully sure of what i was doing i was doing a lot of media work at the time writing for a paper in ireland and doing doing obviously one of the bigger channels across did there. you ever want to go down that road of being a coach I, or? I thought about doing it kind of at youth level i think it would have suited me better yeah you know what i mean and i suppose as parts of me regret that probably it probably didn't have a you know, because I was doing a lot of media work and then started working United and then too far along the line and all that. But little parts of me probably slightly regret that. But I was never going to be top ender. No. No, I was, I don't know, I was just, I think, because I'd been doing the media, I mean, I did World Cups across when, when Ireland got to the World Cup in 02 and things like that and doing European championships mm. for TV. Um, I was kind of heading down that route anyway. How much do you enjoy doing all the media stuff? And when you when you first started doing it, were you, were you sort of nervous or were you? Calm uh, I think you, yeah, I think you're always a little bit nervous. I think it's it's hard. I think first of all, when you come out of it, to criticise because you feel close to players mm. and all that. And sometimes as you get older, you see more people can be even more critical. But I think they forget how old, how hard the game is. Players go through good spells and bad spells. How hard it is. You don't know if people got niggles and things like that. Um, yeah, it's it's hard, but I, you know, I've, I've never done mainline media work except for in Ireland. Um, but I, don't, I obviously don't do as much media work now. But it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. Who was the toughest opponent you ever faced? Couple really. Johnny Barnes was really good. Late eighties, early nineties, fantastic winger. I think he got a bad injury and he moved into the middle of the park. Snapped his Achilles, didn't he? Snapped his Achilles, yeah. didn't he? And I think he never really, well, he couldn't play with a winger all that. A really intelligent lad, big, strong boy, could run, uh, score goals, good in the air, physically strong. So he was a challenge because predominantly in those days in England, you know, wingers tended to just try to get to the byline and cross a ball, didn't they? Because everybody had a big centre forward yeah. or at least one big centre mm. forward. And that was, that was the winger's job in, in that day and age, to get to the byline and put in some crosses. And you probably could kind of guess of which way they were going. But it was more in Europe when you went in there and they played a different style and they, they'd go wandering. There was a lad, Hadji, played for a Romanian, played for Barcelona. He was incredibly good. And, but the, the toughest lad I came against across was Stoichkov a couple of times um, with Ireland and with United. We got beat 4-0 at Camp Nou yeah. in, I think it was 94. And Pally says, Pally was supposed to be marking Romario, wasn't he? Romario spent two weeks in, in Rio in Carnival. Rio Carnival. Yeah. <laughs> Comebacks and rips Pally a new one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. We, we, we got beat 4-0 that night and we were lucky at 4-0. I mean, we were hamstrung with the, the foreigner rule and all that, but they were so good that night. I think Eric and Big Pete were in the stands. They were so good that night. You already played. 
Yeah. He already played. Um, yeah, we just got, but he was Stoichkov. He was different in a number of ways. He was obviously a very, very clever player, probably slightly before his time because he was left-footed and used to play on the right wing mm. or he could play up front. He was nasty. He done me in, a, in the first leg of the Barcelona. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Let's stretch it off. Done my, yeah. I booted him and then he smashed me. Yeah. But he, prob he probably smashed me. But that's what I'm saying. Like for yeah. a winger, you know, you to be nasty. Get, to yeah. be nasty. I mean, you, in those days, like you could, I could try obviously tackle somebody hard and then show him inside and Roy'd kick, kick yeah. him and things yeah. like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Scolds, you'd have to go. On, yeah. Pass him on. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can do that in those days. But like he was, he'd, he'd give it back. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, but he was a fantastic player, a great goal scorer. And then obviously an absolute legend in, in Bulgaria. I think they finished 94. I think they finished third or fourth, didn't they? Was it them? Yeah. Third or fourth in the mm -hmm. World Cup. Great little season. Um, they had a good team then, but he was incredible. But yeah, he, he would be my toughest opponent, Stoichkov. Dennis, we're about done. It's been an absolute pleasure. Who would you recommend would be good? Who's got good stories that we should get next? Have you done one, Maisie? Maisie's done I, one. I, I done the first, first one. Yeah. I did the first. Uh, yeah, I know that. Um, <laughs> very interesting, I think, because... Uh, you got a variety of players there. I'm just trying to think of somebody who was a real character. I want to talk to Pally about Romario, to be honest. Yeah, Pally, yeah. <laughs> Pally would be a good one. be great. I mean, I don't know if you get Roy or somebody like that. That'd be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Scolzi. I'm with, with Scolzi in a bit, so I'll ask him. Perfect. Because yeah. Scolzi's obviously known as a bit of a quiet man, isn't he? But yeah. anything but. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, yeah. The persona of players, you see, because there's so many out there that are like to be loud and be heard, I suppose, that like there's the ones, probably I got away with myself, that were just got on and cracked on and had a bit of a laugh, but no, Scolzi was would be a good yeah. one. I'll speak to him shortly. Okay, no pressure, Maisie, but that's there on you. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Dennis, thank you so much. Brilliant. Been Cheers, a Thank you. There we are then. The word legend gets thrown around a lot, but Dennis Irwin is an actual football legend. And not only that, such a professional. Oh, unbelievable. I said it earlier on, you know, he's guaranteed a, an eight out of 10 every game. He was so, so consistent, just a really, really top professional. He really was. Yeah. And what's incredible, and I think it's come up a lot in these podcasts, is how close so many people were to not fulfilling the careers they had just on tiny details. And, and a lot of it is just not giving up. So like Lou Macari would have never played for United if Paddy Crone hadn't happened to sit next to him. He was on his way to Liverpool. Uh, Ashley Young wasn't offered... A, a, yeah. a career by Watford but he just kept at it and he got one Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was looked at by Bayern Munich and again Liverpool might not have ended up here mm -hmm. and Dennis Irwin was very close to moving back to Ireland yeah well I mean Dennis's story is after 90 games yeah which is incredible it's isn't like, it you know, can imagine you, that now you, you become you class yourself then as you know a, a, a fully fledged professional yeah having played 90 games in first team football but for him to actually think about I mean I know he only says you know it was only a flickering no thought, but mm -hmm. even that, you know, just to think about yeah. that, it's, it's... Do you think a part of that is money? Because, like, for now, it's impossible to think that someone at the age of, like, 20, 21 would play 90 games in the Premier League mm. and then go, oh, that's probably it for me. I'm going to move back home and, I don't um, know, work yeah. in a shop. Like, it seems impossible that that could happen. Yeah. So is, is money the main reason? Because presumably Dennis wouldn't have earned what people would earn now no. and therefore had to be more serious about what was happening because he had to... To earn his money. Well, I think because um, he was at Leeds at the time, wasn't mm -hmm. he? When he played the ninety games, and you know, rejection from a football club is is massive. And maybe he thought, you know, he's not quite good enough to make it as a footballer, even though he's, he'd played ninety games 
for Leeds, who, who are a massive club. Thankfully, he didn't because uh, he became probably our top three fullbacks yeah, ever. Definitely. You'd have Dennis, Patrice, and uh, you know Gary Neville. Yeah, it, the argument would be which of the two play, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. That would yeah. Be it. yeah, but no. Who would you professional. pick? Who would I pick? Yeah. Um, I think out of the, out of the three, mm-hmm. and this is no disrespect to Nev, but I'd probably have Dennis at right back and Patrice at left back. Would you? Yeah. Okay. For not, I mean, to, to be fair, Gaz is a fantastic yeah. footballer. It, there's no bad option of the no, three, there is, is there? There's no, no, there's no getting no. it wrong. No. Three world-class fullbacks, mm-hmm. to be fair. And, you, you know, as you say, Sam, you could pick any two out of the three. Yeah, be amazing. Uh, something I also found with all of you is that in that 1999 team, yourself included, is that you speak of it so matter-of-factly about the treble. None of you talk about it as though it was this sort of life-defining, incredible, sort of mind-blowing <laughs> experience, which <laughs> I think to, to fans it was. And yeah. everybody remembers where they were, where they watched specific moments from that season when they started to believe. And all of the players, so we can go back to when we spoke to Wes and when we spoke to Ollie, and obviously when we've spoken to you, it's always a case of, we never talked about winning three trophies, we never talked about the treble, that was never really a thing it was just win this game win this game win this game and then, oh by the end of the season we've won everything yeah it's mad <laughs> basically yeah that's, and that's how it was that's how as we said it was it was 10 days 10 11 days of you know wrapping the league up we had to win the last game at, at home to to Spurs then we had Newcastle in the final and then buying on the Wednesday so you know those 10 that's so um, casual Newcastle in the FA Cup final buying on Wednesday <laughs> Might get chips on Saturday. Like, it was a Champions League final. I, well, I know, but it is. A, and it's, I don't know, it's just the way the way we were then. It's just, um, you know, three games that we had to win and, you know, thankfully we did. Do you think that the, the view of it of, yeah, whatever, we were getting on with our jobs, do you think that's why you were able to do it? Because you weren't getting carried away with everything. You had that 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 mindset. I don't think any of us were in that mindset of it's the treble. Nobody, nobody ever thought that. It's just a, you want to win the league, you want to win the FA Cup, and you want to win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Nobody got carried away with it. We had our two best players missing, you know, in Keeney and uh, Scholzer, you know, to perform on on that day. So much as it wasn't a great performance by the lads, but it had that fight and that endeavour and that will to win that you know took us right to the end. Because a lot of teams have probably would have, have collapsed and maybe gave up, but we never give up. No, it's incredible. Well, we yeah. loved it. We loved it. Um, Before we finish today, I'd like to read out a lovely email we got from Peter Pocklington, who is a real person, for anybody says otherwise. from from Pocklington? No, his name is Peter Pocklington. It's a lovely name. It is a lovely name. And here's the lovely email he sent us. He says, what an amazing gift to a lifelong fan this has been. Never thought I could get more emotional than the joy of growing up in the best Law Cholton era. But you guys tap into different human emotions every week. Just want to acknowledge my podcast trinity of Sam, Helen and Maisie, who each bring so much to the team's efforts. Whilst the end result is what is put out each week, the amount of work and discipline you must be putting into the preparation for execution is mind-blowing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Peter. P.S. You keep saying at the end, leave a review, but I listen on Spotify and cannot identify how to. Hate letting the side down. Firstly, Peter, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And anyone else, if you want to send us a message or if you have any suggestions for who you would like us to talk to on the podcast, you can email us, unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk, which is utdpodcast at manutd.co.uk. Um, and the address is in the show notes. So if you're whatever you're listening to this on, there'll be some notes you can find it. So you can email us anything you want. Um, so thank you, Peter. 
That's a lovely, lovely email. It was, wasn't it? Beautiful. It's really nice. Um, and also, um, we hear you on the review thing. And if you're able to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, then please do. But of course, that's not a function in all podcast platforms. Finally, this is the last podcast of 2019. So, Maisie, final question for you before we uh, dash off into a new year. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Exercise more, probably. and uh, um, But when it gets around to it, play better golf if I can. And, uh, yeah. Live life. Nice. Enjoy life. You know, wake up every day and enjoy life. Because I tell you, it's been a poor year for me with uh, families going and cousins dying and family, friends dying and stuff like that. So here's to a 2020 that's going to be not so bad. Yeah. Well, that sounds nice. Got a lot of time for that. Um, okay, so that's it for this week and indeed for this year. We'll be back with a new podcast episode next week to ring in the new year. If you're new to the podcast, then don't forget to listen back to previous episodes and leave us a rating and a review. Have an absolutely wonderful new year, all of you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week and, of course, next year. <laughs> <laughs>